Our power is the vehicle through which we create more of what we believe in in the world. So in this way, we don't amass power for power's sake. We claim our right to power to make sure that others have power too. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal, Carly. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. I was thinking about you a lot this past week. Now, I've been doing a lot more work with our corporate coaching clients. So we've been taking on a few different corporations and getting to work with some of their executives and some of their team. And I'm really enjoying this work. And as I was putting together something special for one of our corporate clients, I just kept thinking about how important... (laughs) The conversation that I was preparing to have with them was going to be for you and I to have together. This is a conversation around power. Now, a little backstory, and I'll give you a little bit more as we dive into the episode with this particular company, is that they have been growing incredibly quickly. They were growing at a good clip before COVID, but they are a media organization. And so during this time of COVID, there's been more need for media access than ever before. And so their growth has been exponential in nature. And sustaining this level of growth is exactly what I was doing with a lot of my high profile clients for a long time, because it's one thing to have some success. We all hope to get there, right? But it's another thing to sustain it. And it made me think about how, you know, they say trees have roots that are just as deep and wide as their branches are high and wide, and that the strongest trees, this is how they're able to sustain the winds, right? So when a hurricane comes through, it's the trees with the strongest roots systems that are able to stay sturdy within the ground, even though on any other day, it doesn't look like anything else is going on. All we see is the foliage, right? All we see is the beautiful plant growing above the surface. But what happens below the soil in our careers is just as important as what happens above the soil. Our power lies in our roots. And I know that this past year was a year when the wind has been blowing for all of us, right? It was really easy for our metaphorical branches to snap or for our roots to be stranged or to be downright uprooted altogether. And I know that for many of us, January is considered our new year, and we treat it like a clean slate, like a do-over. But this year is a little different in that regard too, isn't it? Because we know that C-19 isn't going to disappear on January 1st. This is a year where I think we need a slightly longer bridge between where we are right now and what's going to carry us forward into the future. We need something sturdy. We need it to be just as malleable and strong as those roots. And when I say a bridge, I keep thinking of Ani DeFranco, one of my favorite artists when I was growing up. She still is. She had a song called Buildings and Bridges. And there was a line from that song that said, buildings and bridges are made to bend in the wind. To withstand the world, that's what it takes. All that steel and stone, it's no match for the air, my friends. What doesn't bend breaks. What doesn't bend breaks. 
I'll put a clip to that or a link to the show notes so that you can listen to the entire song. Because unlike when I was listening to that song as a teenager, I don't have to give you a mixtape that I spent tedious hours with. (laughs) We can download it pretty quickly here. But Ani's song reminds me of footage maybe you've seen of the Golden Gate Bridge during an earthquake. And that bridge, which is incredibly strong, was intentionally designed to be malleable. Its strength is not in its rigidity. Its strength is in its flexibility and all of the cables that it has working together so that, heaven forbid, the ground shakes. The bridge can withstand the shake, too, without crumbling. See, our power, both as individuals and as companies, organizations, institutions of education or of faith, our power is all in our roots. It's in our interconnected cables. And this year is going to be a bridge between the challenges that already are, the ones that you've already navigated, and the challenges we might still be navigating for a little while longer. And then, of course, the good we intend to find in front of us right now anyway. And so we're going to have a very specific conversation about power today and leadership, whether that is your own leadership as an agency and leadership in your own life, or leadership if you run a team or a company or a family or you work for somebody that does. We're going to talk about three specific things. Number one, what is the purpose of your power and how is it related to leadership? And then we're going to talk about the four specific types of power. I'm going to give you some languaging that I know I found incredibly helpful. And when I work with a lot of my driven clients, this helps us really understand where we fall on the spectrum of power and what type of power we want to live into and cultivate. And then we're also going to talk about the Godzilla effect. (laughs) This is a playful analogy, but it's really important. When somebody's words and somebody's actions aren't lining up and you're feeling confused, this is the effect that you're going to want to be aware of because it's going to tell you what they're actually doing with their power. Now, I want you to know that with this episode, we've also created a power assessment. This is a step-by-step guide that you can use to follow along or after you listen to the episode to help you really land in the seat of your own power. This will be a great practice for you to do between now and the new year so that you start 2021 from an incredibly rooted place from which you can rise. So before I get started with that, I want to pause and give a shout out. And specifically, I'm giving a shout out to Brene Brown. She is the author of many New York Times bestselling books and a researcher that I really admire, specifically her book, Dare to Lead. Brave Work, Tough Conversations, Whole Hearts has inspired some of the conversation you and I are going to have today. I will put a link to that in the show notes. I cannot recommend that book enough. When talking about leadership, Brene Brown said in Dare to Lead, I define a leader as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes. And I love this perspective of leader that Brene actually recognized that leadership is a responsibility. It's not the opportunity to be at the top of a pyramid barking orders, but it's actually an opportunity to be of service to oneself and to others. So I would love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Head on over to iTunes if you haven't already and leave a review. A, that helps more women find this podcast and be in these conversations with us and B, it lets you and I begin to talk and let me give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. So you want more free time, some space to think, you know, everything would be so much easier 
if you just had a little more wiggle room in your days. By golly, I hear ya. So let's talk about my favorite B word for a second, boundaries. 14 years of coaching has shown me that there is a direct correlation for women between how much time and energy you have to get to the things you really care about and the types of boundaries you're setting. But nobody has taught us to set boundaries in a way that feels good. And that's why this episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is my forthcoming at-home study course that's going to give you both the tools and the community support to make having boundaries both doable and downright enjoyable. I'll make sure to let you know when it's available. So get on the list by heading over to carlyfane.com and get totally free access to the mini Boundaries Like a Boss course. There is nothing for sale in this 45-minute program that outlines the three essential mindsets that women with boundaries know. And it comes with a step-by-step guidebook that will allow you to have the script to upgrade your boundaries on the spot, even when people push back on them. You know that hunch you've had for a long time that you're meant to do something meaningful in the world? It's right. Let's make sure that you get to do just that. All right, let's talk for a moment about what the purpose of your power might be. The way I see it as I work with people from all walks of life Our power is the vehicle through which we create more of what we believe in in the world. So when we talk about what the purpose of our power is, I know for me, one of the purposes of any power that I'm able to have is to elevate more women into leadership roles and help those that are there thrive for the long haul. And for that reason, your power matters too, because your power is what allows you to create more of the values that you believe in or that you want to see in the world. Your dreams matter. That hunch you have that things could be better or different or could be celebrated for the good that is already here, it's accurate. So in this way, we don't amass power for power's sake. We claim our right to power to make sure that others have power too. And this is a really interesting one for me because I remember being really conflicted in my early 20s. I had a lot of friends who were just the best people and many of them I'm still friends with. And they were really happy with where they were, but they worked for organizations that paid them very little or nothing, or they had a hard time keeping a stable income. And they watched a lot of them struggle to pay for health insurance or to have dependable transportation. And I was in the same boat. And I realized that I didn't want to be there forever. But I felt guilty about that because I thought, these folks are happy. Who am I to judge what they're doing? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? Why do I need to amass more? But I knew for me that it actually really drained my energy and my power to be worried about things like finances, that that in and of itself is an exhausting thing to wonder where my meals were going to come from or if I was going to have enough money to visit my family. That was something that took a lot of energy. And so I knew that the cultivation of power was going to be important to me, both as a way of being in service to others and making sure that I was being of service to myself. And so I want to pause and ask you a question. What do you believe in? And what do you want to do with your power? When you are in a place of feeling powerful, what do you want 
to tend to with that power or with that strength or privilege or opportunity? What is it that you care about that you lend your power to? What can your power amplify in the world? Now, I think that this is a really important conversation to have because power simultaneously can be seen as a dirty word and something that we really crave, right? So I know for a lot of us, when we talk about power, it can have negative connotations. And maybe that's because we've seen power used for not great reasons. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a moment. But we also know that when we as human beings feel powerless, that is one of the most crushing experiences to have. When we feel like something important is beyond our capacity for control and there's nothing we can do about it, it's an incredibly isolating, helpless feeling. And so why on one hand, amassing power for power's sake doesn't feel good, we also know that being without power doesn't feel good, that that is not of service to anyone either. And so let's take a moment here to talk specifically about the four types of power. And if you haven't already downloaded the totally free power assessment guide, now's a great time to do that. There's a link to that in the show notes. There's nothing for sale in there. This is really something that I believe in that I just want you to have a leg up on as we move forward here. All right. So in no particular order, the four main types of power are power over, power to, power with, and power within. So when I say power over, what I mean is this idea of having power over somebody else, exercising dominance or control so that your perspective or your wishes are what are brought to the forefront. Now, the mindset behind power over is a sense that power in and of itself is finite, that it's limited. And so fear must be used to control and hoard that power. We must be domineering and make sure that we have a tight grip on what it is that we want. Now, Brene Brown has this beautiful phrase she says about this. She says, with power over, being right is more important than getting it right. (laughs) And so it's not about how good the work is that we do in the world or the results that we're creating in the world. It's about being seen as being good. It's about being seen as being right. And so what happens in cultures where there's a power over dynamic is that vulnerability is seen as a weakness. And so a culture of shame and guilt is built in so that we can help others appear to be vulnerable because then that would mean that they're weak. So we're looking for places to blame other people for our discomfort or for our shortcomings or for what's not working. So with power over we're really looking to create separation between people. There's somebody who stands strong at the top and everybody else is taught to compete or fight or be stuck in this dog-eat-dog race with one another. And so you can see how there's a real weakening to everybody else who's below the dominant person on top. This is a very hierarchical model of power. This is something we've seen everywhere from corporations to educational systems, medical systems. We see this in places of worship and faith, and we see this sometimes in family dynamics or even friend relationships too. I'm sure you can think of someone or have an experience where you've noticed there's a power over dynamic and what it's like to be on the other side of that. Now, what's important to understand with each of these senses of power is that 
There's both the external expression of it and there's the internal expression of it. So any type of scarcity mindset of a mindset where there's not enough can lead to this power over dynamic. Sometimes power over is actually well-intended. And I want to give you an example of what that could look like. One of my clients has been running a company for a couple of years and she has noticed that whenever she would take time off of work, she would come back to this incredible mountain of responsibilities because her team did not know how to run things while she was away. And she actually learned after trying this a few times, it was better to just not go away at all. And yet that wasn't sustainable. She was feeling crushed under the pressure of everything on her plate. She felt like no matter how much she did, there was more that she needed to get to and that if she wanted something done right, she had to do it herself. So she was operating from this scarcity mindset, this mindset that there's never enough, never enough time, never enough people to help, never enough energy to get to everything she needed to do throughout the day because she was placing herself, though unintentionally, at the top of a hierarchy where everything fell on her shoulders rather than leveling with her team, than teaching them how to be strong. I think about this like some professional bodybuilders we see where the top half of their body is super strong because they're doing all this workout stuff in the gym with their biceps and their pecs and their lats, but maybe they're not paying attention to the lower half of their body. And so it begins to atrophy. The muscles in their legs begin to get weak because they're not being used as much. And so they become top heavy and more prone to injuries. Well, this is exactly what happens in a power over culture, even when it's well intended, because the team that is the support system, begins to atrophy because they're not being delegated to or they're not given opportunities for education or for learning. And because her team wasn't empowered in this model, she found that they couldn't run the ship when it was necessary. And so since she's begun to make some shifts and be in more honest communication with her team, she's finding that she's pleasantly surprised at their capacity to step up to the table. Now, maybe you heard the episode we did just recently, episode number 57 with Dr. Tom Stedding. It was called Trying to Do It All Yourself, How Smart Leaders Stop Being the Hero and Start Building Emotional Integrity. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's a great episode. Dr. Stedding is the author of the book, Real Teams Win. And he explains how there's this phenomenon that he calls being the solo hero. And this to me is the perfect example of power over gone awry from somebody who's well-intended. So in this example that I give of my client here who meant well, but just felt like she had to do it all herself, she was creating a dynamic where she was the solo hero. And even though she was in a team of people and outside of work has good friends and family, she felt incredibly isolated. And that was really perplexing, right? Because she's around good people and yet everything was falling on her shoulders. So I'm going to quote Brene Brown one last time. I don't know if you can ever quote her too much, but she commented around this theme that daring leaders work to make sure people can be themselves and feel a sense of belonging. So what Brene Brown is speaking to here is that it doesn't take very much courage to have a power over mentality that there is an actual bravery or strength in that model, that it's actually run from a place of fear and scarcity and thus needing to control. So let's talk about the other forms of power. Power with 
power to and power within. So when I say power with, I mean a sense of understanding that when I do well, you do well, that we are in this together, that when one of us gets power, the other one gets power too. So here's an example of that. The media company that I was just having my meeting with today, who's grown so quickly, a lot of them were had their roots in being freelancers and entrepreneurs. And so now they work together as a team. But as entrepreneurs and freelancers, they were used to doing everything themselves solo. And many of them had to pull up their bootstraps and struggle to get their businesses off the ground. And so it's the first time where they're in a position where they have more work than they can keep up with. And that so there's no shortage of work and opportunity and they have to collaborate with other people. And they are making this beautiful shift from having been used to doing this kind of power over mentality and being scared and worried that they don't have enough to beginning to work with one another. And it's a beautiful process to witness here. So when we talk about power with, we're talking about an awareness that when we collaborate with other people, we all do well. Now, let's talk for a moment here about power two. Power two is when we are purposefully extending our power to somebody else. We want to see them do well. So with this media company example, as they're growing to be bigger than they had intended this year, the next step is for each of their leaders is to begin to delegate power to their coworkers, to their colleagues, to the folks who report to them. And today on our call as a, as a group, we had an opportunity of having both some of the leadership and some of the reports there in the room. And they were talking about how good it feels when their boss delegates to them, how they like the vote of confidence, how they're learning more about their own capabilities, that they themselves are feeling more empowered. So it's not taking away from the leadership team as they extend power to. It's actually allowing their reports to feel powerful at the same time they do. And then we've got this other, this third form of power within this clump here, the power within. Now, power within is where we're cultivating our own internal sense of sturdiness, our own internal capacity for strength. I think a lot about Alicia Garza when I talk about the power within. She wrote The Purpose of Power and How We Come Together When We Fall. And she's also one of the originators of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, she originated this movement 10 years, so at least a decade before the hashtag got popular. She has been a community activist and a justice seeker for a long time. And she has this great quote in The Purpose of Power. And I'm going to put a link to this book in the show notes, too. She says. And in my prayers, I ask God to remind me that the goal is not to get ahead of anyone else, but instead to live my life in such a way that I remember that we must make it to the other side together. So it's interesting that in her moments of cultivating power within, you can see the direct correlation between how her own sense of empowerment allows her to extend power to others too. Side note, she also is the host of a great podcast, Lady Don't Take No. So a little sister podcast shout out. I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes too. So what you might notice here about these three particular types of power is that their mindset is really different from the power over mentality. So the mindset of the power to and with and within is that power is infinite. 
and it grows as we share it with others, that we rise well together. And so what we see happening in organizations or systems where there's power to, power with, and power within is that there's a real culture of learning present, this sense of wanting to grow and continually become better together. And that leadership is a responsibility to serve others, not to dominate them, but to assist other people in their growth. And there's also this really interesting nuance that I would be remiss not to discuss, which is that in places where there is power to and with and within, there's a real normalization of discomfort and vulnerability and working together towards connection. So rather than shaming or bullying or guilting or making fun of people for their moments of vulnerability, like we would see in Power Over, there's a sense of shared humanity and that we all have moments of vulnerability. We all have moments of struggle and challenge and all the more reason for us be connected to find our common ground and to seek resolve and support and results together. So quick recap, we talked about power over, power to, power with, and power within. So as we talk about these four types of power, I want to point out something that I found incredibly helpful. This is what me and some of my good friends call the Godzilla effect. Sometimes it is difficult at a glance to have a sense of what type of power somebody is extending in the world, especially if we don't know them too well or we only know them for their public persona. We call it the Godzilla effect because remember the original Godzilla movie? And it was filmed in Japan, so of course it was recorded in Japanese, and it went so popular all over the world that was dubbed in all these different languages. And so if you saw the original movie in any language other than Japanese, and it was dubbed over, you might notice that when the character's lips are moving, the words don't exactly line up, right? Because they're not the exact same words. So there's some type of disconnect happening between the words and the actions in the movie. Now, the same thing happens in expression of power. We see moments where somebody will say one thing and they will do something else. And so it can be really perplexing, right? When somebody says, ooh, I really enjoyed this first date with you, and then they don't actually call you for a second date, right? Or when your boss says, hey, you're doing a really good job, but then the next opportunity for a promotion happens, then you're not even brought into the conversation. When we have moments where somebody says, I'm so sorry that I didn't deliver this thing on time to you, I'll do better. And then the next week, it's the same thing. I'm so sorry I didn't deliver this thing to you on time, and yet they deliver it late again. What I want us to be aware of here is that in moments of the Godzilla effect, where somebody's words and their actions are not lining up, we always trust the actions. The actions tell us what position they have on power, what they value, and what they will or won't stand up for. So when you see somebody in a position of power giving a lot of lip service to one thing, but acting differently, trust the actions. That's our shortcut, or certainly that is the thing we're going to keep an eye on. We're going to watch what they do in the world. So I'm really curious to hear from you as we talk about these four types of power and the Godzilla effect. What are you noticing here? And I really want to be in conversation around this. Post this on LinkedIn and tag me in it, or put this on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and tell me what do you notice? about this conversation around power 
Or what do you notice when you download and you use your own power assessment? Where is the root and strength of your power? And how can we make sure that that's sturdy for you in 2021? Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. And if you're feeling unsteady, it's probably for good reason this year. Now is our opportunity for you to keep taking care of what you value, including the roots to your own rising in your career and beyond. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.